0: Do you have young kids? You need kindling. But what is it? Tune in for cool kids songs and favourite music for grown-ups, all mixed together from morning till night. Perfect for family dance parties, sing-along
1: car trips, or sleepy soundtracks to get through the night. And don't worry, every song you hear is safe for little ears. Kindling.
0: Made for kids. loved by parents. Download the free app now. Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. When it comes to the gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians, in every outcome from health to education to incarceration rates we are still so far from it being closed. The crack started over 230 years ago and has grown over generations of trauma and dispossession. Now a new approach is trying to address this intergenerational trauma by starting with our youngest First Nations people. Training materials are now available to early learning educators to help First Nations kids connect with their culture, digging into practices that kept Indigenous Australians healthy for over 60,000 years. Fiona Cornforth is the CEO of the Healing Foundation, a national Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander organisation who worked on these resources. Hi, Fiona, how are you?
1: Hello, I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Um,
0: These resources sound amazing, but let's start at, at where this is all coming from. Um, can you explain how intergenerational trauma works?
1: We know that every human being is susceptible to trauma. Any person with a central nervous system can be affected by trauma. And uh, what we know is that over time, our trauma responses, they're observed by those around us, including children and they are also used. And so it's the responses to trauma that have passed on from generation to generation. And um, a lot of it's around protecting our children and uh, future generations. What's wonderful, though, about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures is that there are beautiful elements of it that have always kept us safe and well. And we have an opportunity to reprioritise those again to create this intergenerational healing movement.
0: And I'm really excited to talk about those examples of, of what you've incorporated in these learnings. I don't want to sound like I'm um, harping on the negative here, but can you explain maybe how it might appear in a family, this intergenerational trauma?
1: It ranges. And, um, you know, there's there's also some research happening in the near future around how some families have fared fairly well after, you know, removal and the effects of colonisation. So it is important for us to understand what those ancestral strengths are that can also be claimed and worked with um, and led and embraced by families. What's been interesting for me on my journey with this particular role too is Seeing what's happened in my family with with a strong trauma lens and having a new appreciation for my mum who was like a a buffer who who absorbed a lot to try to protect us so it wouldn't be passed on to us um I have no doubt I wouldn't be in this role. I wouldn't have some of the attributes I have if um, my mum didn't make those decisions and you know, and it's at her cost as well. Um, and I'm, I'm mind, I'm more mindful of that now. So just using my own family's experiences, um, being moved off country, having our wonderful culture disrupted, um, the fight for reconnection, the fight to keep our families together and safe and well off country. Yeah. I'm, I'm mindful of that now more than I ever have been.
0: And it seems like such a um such an obvious place to start with young children because we know how important a sense of belonging is for kids, and we know how much understanding where we come from makes a difference to them at that young age um, and I guess to put it in perspective, the reason that's disrupted is because you've got multiple generations of indigenous people who have been cut off from that history and cut off from that knowledge of culture. So how do these resources bring those things back, given that um, traditionally it would have been something passed on through kinship connections?
1: The resources importantly highlight the fact that um, there are elements of our cultures that are often um, ignored or taken for granted by the wider community in particular and the services that we interact with on a daily basis um, that, you know, there are important strengths that, that can lead us. And if we reprioritize again, those elements, so um, customs, protocols, and practices, you know, that have kept us safe and well in, in the earlier generations, then, you know, we'll, Will be able to fare well, and a lot of the stuff is only just being chased down by scientists. So these are things we've always known. And so when you talk about the the breaking of of chains in our knowledge and our understanding of um, those factors of culture that keep us safe and well, and we know how important it is. Sometimes it's almost a miracle for for our mob, for the thirty six percent, to restore those connections again. And we know how poorly records have been kept because records weren't kept with us in mind and with this purpose in mind. And so, you know, we celebrate every time someone's able to do that, understanding that uh, the strengthening of identity that can happen and the the feeling of belonging that can happen that people long for. But, you know, one of those amazing um, elements of our culture is Our ability to heal collectively and in the short time I've been here but just reading up on our 40-plus publications as the Healing Foundation, working alongside community and survivors, we've seen that our cultures uh, embrace and understand that it is a miracle uh, and that um, even if you don't get to reconnect and have those chains from generation to generation restored there is cultures around you and cultures you can still become a part of and learn about following the right protocols and that's something i've become really proud of in witnessing and inspired by by survivors uh, they've i've been they've been through so much but the community around them you know ensure that they don't get left behind and that they can still benefit from more contemporary ways of practicing our our cultures
0: yeah because indigenous culture is so diverse and was so complex so many different languages so many different um, cultural traditions and practices uh, I can imagine just how challenging that would be and wow. And language, of course, language is so important to a sense of self and understanding. Is language part of this program for young kids?
1: There's emphasis given to the importance of language as part of culture and we know for so many of our First Nations communities that it's strongly interwoven and we also know that there's so much language that isn't translated to English so look, it's definitely a part of it. It's definitely emphasized because and, and you know, again we're talking about miracles. Every time there's a new life that's been able to you know, new breath into a language that when it's been sleeping and it's revived again. Uh it's incredible. But for for our young people to know that it can happen and it does happen is critical and I think that's what's important across the resources and in in a project like this is that we make as many people as aware as possible about what is possible with regards to reconnecting those chains in the link again.
0: So when we talk about those resources, I imagine that storytelling must be a big part of that because it's oral storytelling being such a big part of Indigenous culture and also, of course, children co- connect so well with stories. Um, is that part of those um, resources that you're sending out, like stories written by First Nations people for First Nations kids? I- is that something that's part of those resources?
1: Absolutely. Uh, storytelling is a big component of these um resources and of the package. We have used it for a long time, not just um, in our cultures, but uh, as part of the Healing Foundation's work in leading healing nationally. We've used animation as a way of uh, marrying up or ensuring our, our testimonies are supported by evidence and then being able to briefly share the message of why it matters so much to as big an audience as possible. But uh, yeah, for for this package in particular, storytelling and narrative therapies, you know, we want them to be embraced and literature and, you know, it's so amazing now to see just how many Aboriginal and Islander authors there are and how many books are are now published on bookshelves that our young people can relate to perspectives that our young people can relate to uh, are really, really important. Uh, and we know through holding healing forums across the country that if we get the first morning right by telling the stories and the perspectives of survivors and the trauma narrative, followed up by the opportunity for healing and intergenerational healing. That sets up the next two days and, and an amazing process towards a vision, you know. And and we do it naturally and organically through through storytelling. And uh, you know, we that same uh, notion is delivered through any e-learning module, any of our fact sheets, um, any of these packages. But you know, it's with um, children. Being at the centre of this work, obviously, we we were mindful that they could see themselves in the resources,
0: and where will these resources go? Like, how do people, teachers, if they're listening, how do they access it? How do communities get their hands on them?
1: We have a resources tab on our website, and Emerging Minds is making them available as well online, uh, and you know. Just reach out to us. We're happy to make sure we make them as available to as many people as possible, uh, and that our people are given the right context. So both the workforces um, and parents and communities and families themselves are given the right context for this work and what their role could be in it. And I think across those audiences, though, and potential users is is um, the celebration of our young people and the potential for them to be freer from trauma and not just fulfilling potentials but extending potentials here to break away from trauma responses and to to lead that intergenerational healing movement
0: It is very exciting to see this come out and I'm sure it's going to make a huge difference. Fiona, thank you so much for speaking with us.
1: Thank you. I enjoyed speaking
0: with you too, Siobhan. That's Fiona Cornforth. She's the CEO of the Healing Foundation and we'll put links in the notes of this episode to where you can find those resources. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at See you next time.